Welcome. Under the husk, we are here for the week one re- uh, recap, week two preview show. It is Thursday, September 14th. There's a nice crisp breeze in the air. The forecast for this weekend doesn't have an eight handle. I'm afraid to say we've made it to fall, but with football on the TV and these temperatures, Gino, I think we're getting pretty damn close. I have a pumpkin beer to my right. You have an Oktoberfest beer to your left. It does have that fall vibe, although we are a week away from the summer equinox, summer solstice, Mm. spring equinox. Mm -hmm. I think so. No, fall equinox. I don't really know animals. I just Um, sharded. Yeah, but, um, you know, anyway, we are here. Uh, HHC has Mr. Unlimited on his team, and we're ready to roll. Yeah, uh, we will talk about the flurry of trades. Some people were saying that it was a bit of a panic session for the him, hers, they club. Um, but yeah, uh, week one is in the books as a whole. Uh, it was a pretty disappointing week just for fantasy in general. I saw someone talking about the number of touchdowns that were scored this week. It's pretty low. Uh, and then when you look at some of the guys who did it, you got guys like Tyler Algier, uh, vulturing touchdowns there are a couple other random running backs who found their way into the end zone uh, that were not the starters but in a deep league like ours these are guys who may be starting so if you got the win and you're one and oh you're feeling good if you got a loss in your own one don't start panicking yet because uh, it was a low scoring week uh so gino i'm not gonna try to break down your thoughts that are going on in your head so there were only Two trades. Oh, not only, but there were two trades that took place this afternoon. Uh, one between Gino and Stevie. The other one between Gino and the Phantoms. Uh, tell us what your thought process was and what you think it does for your squad. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep this one very short and sweet, just like my grandma. Um, look, I think what <laughs> last week on the show I said, J.K. Dobbins, this is this is your last strike. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. He fooled me a third time. He's played, I believe, I started him for five games over a two-year and plus-one-game stretch. Um, $41, easy cut. So freed up a lot of money. Um, at the same time, I didn't think Desmond Ritter uh, showed me really anything besides him being efficient and being a game manager. Uh, nine points did outscore Lamar Jackson, but I think that his ceiling of 12 to 14 points a game is very limited. Um, so I went out and I got a quarterback. I poked around at a few other owners. Asking price was way too high for me. Uh, wasn't going to give up a ton of draft picks. Certainly a first, certainly a second. I know it's the most important position. But an immediate upgrade at quarterback, someone that I could probably keep next year as well, depending on how well he plays. Um, and then getting Justice Hill for a third-round pick. Look, I bid the same amount of money on Justice Hill, $5, fun fact. But because the Phantoms had an ass week one and he only scored 80 points, he won the waiver wire. Uh, tiebreaker and Ray is trying to fuck up the podcast as we speak but I think HHC is in a better position this week than he was last week that might be a hot take but I think I'm improved at the most important position yeah I mean it remains to be seen I will say in a vacuum that Russell Wilson is better than Desmond Ritter but like we said you took on cap and I don't think either of them are in the top as it stands today 20 quarterbacks in the NFL uh Let's just get right into the recap from last week. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, there were a lot of low-scoring games. Um, 
one of the matchups, 93 points, got it done. Uh, but let's Rick run through them pretty quickly. Uh, the matchup of the week, uh, as per MFL, was Snake Eyes taking on the Iron Dome, two teams mm-hmm. with high hopes this season. Snake Eyes got it done 132.87 to 105.56. Just a few quick notes before I hand it over. Uh, Obviously, when Joe Burrow and Tyler Lockett combine for five points, it's going to be hard to win. Uh, And across the board, Tonelli had a pretty even scoreboard. I think he was happy with this week's performance. Yeah, I'll start with you first, Dome. I think, obviously, you nailed it on the head. Joe Burrow only getting three points. Probably going to lose most weeks if that happens, aside from everything else. Joe Mixon, his teammate, obviously only getting 9.8. So uh, 13 points from those two guys, that hurts you. Uh, you had one guy go over 20. That was a Travis Etienne late garbage time touchdown. Some might be raising a red flag around Tanks Bigsby's involvement. We'll get what? to that in a bit. Travis Etienne was incredible. But uh, Iron Dome, too. Your, your studs, they showed up, but they didn't do enough to get the win. And, again, it's only week one, so you don't want to panic uh, solid game from Amon Ra, solid game from Bijan in his debut. He looks like a legit problem. I think really the problem with you, Dome, might be your tight end position. And again, we'll get to that in the preview. Um, so again, I'm not panicking for you because I had you penciled in as the odds-on favorite to win. On the other side, Snake Eye is picking up right where he left off. No Kelsey, no problem. Hayden Hurst scored 15, outproducing guys like Metcalf, A.J. Brown, and Garrett Wilson. Go figure. Uh, his stud, C-Mac, Christian McCaffrey, 28 points to lead everyone. And then a nice 30 31-point effort combined from Kirk Cousins and uh, Matt Stafford. That's going to get it done. His low score of the week, Damian Pierce, the only guy to score single digits at 5.7. Very solid week one performance from the runner-up last year. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. Moving on, JOS took on the Daddy Kong Jew in another Israeli matchup. JOS gets it done 116-89. to Um we both picked Nadadikon in this one. Uh, I think we... What were we thinking? Well, I mean, we assumed that Daniel Jones wasn't going to shit his pants on live television. Um, still managed to outscore Joe Burrow, by the way. Uh, but yeah, when you when you have guys like Daniel Jones putting up six points, you have a zero bomb from T. Higgins, four points from George Kittle. Um, it's going to be hard to win. And across the board... You, you know, the the f- almost 40 points from Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence is good. Um, you had 21 points from Michael Pittman. Uh, some definitely some underperformances on, on both sides yeah. of the ball, but JOS, after being on the wrong side of many of these last year, is happy to get out with a win no matter how he did it. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway. Like you, you said before, underperformance on both sides. Look, I don't think 117 points will get you wins most week weeks. Uh, week one was a little bit of an anomaly, low scoring across the board. It will be a theme throughout these recaps. But like you said, the, the 5.8 from Najee, granted going against a good defense, the 5.1 from Terry McLaurin, uh, you know, really wasn't involved, probably had a favorable matchup. It was guys showing a lot of heart, uh, to quote Roop here. Um, Michael Pittman, 21. Uh, Mahomes without Kelsey still getting 21. Uh, Ramondre, even though he wasn't, I don't want to say the featured back, he was still productive with this 13.9. So just did enough. And like you said, this time last year, they were losing those games, kind of like the Vikings, uh, if you reverse it. This time last year, the Vikings were winning those one-score games. They lost week one. But really, I, I think that Daddy Kong and, and maybe Gumbo uh, might be the most disappointing week one team. And it really sums it up with the T. Higgins zero. Uh, not to mention his 249ers. 
they blew out the Steelers on the road. They combined for 15 points. That that really doesn't happen. You hit Daniel Jones, but I'll say one more thing, too. We really expected a lot more out of Jamal Williams, and only to get seven points, a little fearful, too. Uh, a Keenan Allen touchdown did get called back. Um, however, I do think better days are ahead for both Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. I don't think th- 34 points uh, is what they're going to score on a weekly basis. So, and Daddy Kong Ju, I would put the panic meter around a 5-6. I know it's early, but I'm not too crazy about this team. Yeah, and, and we'll get into it in the matchup show, but there were some guys on the Daddy Kong bench that outscored their starters, and maybe some questions get raised, and we'll go over that with that lineup. Uh, the final matchup in Israel saw HHC taking on Evil Stevie. Uh, heading into the final game of the weekend, it was up for grabs for HHC. The final score was 122-103, to 103. Uh, but HHC did pull away with a very solid performance out of Stefan Diggs. Uh, what is notable here is the quarterback performances on both sides of the ball. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson is now on HHC, but when you have Mahomes, uh, when you have Lamar and Ritter combining for 17 points, uh, it's going to be tough. So. Um, you got it done uh, on the back of Diggs and Alave, uh, a solid performance from J.K. Dobbins, but he is no longer going to be available for HHC. Um, on the other side, Stevie rolled out uh, what obviously is not the most exciting lineup, but Tua is going to be a problem. Uh, guys like Shahidius and Nico Collins, I think, may surprise this year. Yeah. Um, and James Cook looked to yep. be very involved. Even though he only got 10 points, I think he is going to be the guy. Yep. Um, and in, in a game script where, well, one, you're not playing arguably the best defense in the league, mm-hmm. uh, I think he is going to have a lot of 100-yard games this year. So uh, an interesting matchup. But, Gino, I'll let you talk but because it was – I think closer than people expected, even though you did win by 20 points. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that the final score is not indicative of how close this matchup was. I was schwitzing a little bit, but I did, be- I did believe in Mr. Him. So, uh, and he showed up big against that very good vaunted defense, 24.2 points. Uh, I was not expecting that week one, but let's start with Stevie. He will be a problem and he is going to surprise teams this year. And I'm not hyping him up because I beat him. Uh, two is going to be a problem. He's he's a shoe in for 20-plus points every single week. You mentioned James Cook and his involvement. Uh, if he could get some touchdown production from the Nico Collins, the Elijah Moore of the world, you know, watch out. First off, 103 would have beaten a handful of teams this week. So, yeah. you know, Stevie could have been 1-0 if he was playing the Phantoms, Nadaddy Kong, uh, Shrimp. So uh, Motley failed to put up 100. So, Let's uh, let's talk about Evil Stevie a little bit and say, like, look, we know he's probably not going to make the playoffs, but he will be a spoiler down the stretch just like he was last year. Uh, not to talk about my team too much. Nick Chubb, 18, didn't find the end zone. Um, you know, Alave, 18, didn't find the end zone. Those guys, they're, they're just, you know, quality week-in, week-out starters. I think the real story and, you know, why I traded was 17 points out of both your quarterbacks. That's not going to get it done. Uh, that will be a thorn in my side, and if I didn't trade for Russell Wilson, I think it would have been a huge detriment. Still see if it's going to pan out. Um, will definitely mourn the loss of J.K. Dobbins. However, I have both his backups now. 
we'll see. I think 122 overall is kind of where I'll fall in most weeks, and it's just depending on if the other team shows up to play or not. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm happy with my production. Don't feel great right now, but uh, I think we're going to steer the ship in the right direction. Moving into Palestine, uh, this one was the game that saw the highest-scoring team and the lowest-scoring team on the week. Uh, I'm talking about Boats taking down the Shrimp, 155-76. to Outproduced them by 2x. Yeah, and, you know, I uh, gave the Shrimp the benefit of the doubt, and I think I, I said he would get— Did I say he would get over 100, or did I say Stevie would get over 100? We— I think we were going back and forth of who's going to be the lowest scorer, and you said Shrimp would outscore Evil Stevie by one point. Okay. Well, I was wrong. Um, <laughs> Michael Carter, 2.8 points. Shocking that he even got that many. Uh, Evan Hull, 1.2. He's gone. He's on the IR. Justin Jefferson, obviously the bright spot here. Deontay, he's claiming he's day-to-day, but, I mean, did you see how he was laying down on the ground? Zay Jones, bright spot. Sky Moore, ass. Uh, Hawkinson, bright spot, and then Isaiah Likely, the double tight end start this week from the Shrimp. It was pretty ugly. Across the ball, though, uh, you got 33 points out of Josh Allen and Jordan Love combined. If I told you who had the 10 and who had the 23 with blindfold on, I don't think anyone would say that it was Jordan Love who outscored him, but he did look good. Uh, Then, obviously, you had a massive game from Eckler. You got to hope that he is healthy. A massive game from Ayuk, a guy who I sent over your way. Um, and then just solid performances across the board from from the rest of the team. So, boats looking to uh, kind of prove us wrong on being a little bit down on him this year. Uh, and he comes out of the gate hot with 155 points, week high. Yeah, I, I think he was the most impressive team, highest scoring uh, team this week. And I think the most impressive player on this team, and you might disagree here, is Jordan Love. I mean, he looked good. Um, 23 points. That's kind of going to be his uh, his range moving forward. He just looked poised and controlled with that offense. To pair him with Josh Allen is a lethal combination. Oh, by the way, Saquon had a down game. I doubt he scores less than nine points going forward. Maybe one time when he plays the Eagles. Uh, Austin Eckler, 27. Phenomenal, but he's banged up. So we'll monitor that situation. And Brees Lightning, uh, two carries into his game. He already had over 10 points. He's going to be a problem, and they're going to rely on him more. I don't think Ayuk is going to score 32.9 every single week. I don't think Chris Godwin is going to score 9 every single week. Those will balance each other out. Same thing with Devontae Smith and Evan Ingram. That's kind of the production you're going to see. Look, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I'm actually really scared to face Boats. Um, I think he will be a contender. Uh, I didn't think his team was all that bad as we got closer to the season, and it's right now, in my opinion, a top two, top three team. Uh, On the other side, Shrimp. I'm just going to read a quote for you. This was a wake-up call. Yeah, it was a wake-up call because your running back room is ass. Michael Carter, 2.8. Evan Hall, 1.2. Like you said, Sky Moore, 0.4. Deontay Johnson, Hurt. Uh, Isaiah Likely, you know, see ya, 1.15. It was just all around goo. Uh, for a guy that I had a little bit more hope in, week one was just to fall on his face. Now, there are some guys who are hurt. Kyler Murray and Alvin uh, Kamara suspended. So, I don't expect 76 points to be the um, weekly average. But who are you running backs going into week two? I don't want to get ahead of myself. But uh, not a good showing from Shrimp after we kind of gave him a little bit more credit than maybe he was due the past few months. But. Very, very good win by Sanchez. Yes, he's got to be feeling confident heading into week two. 
Uh, moving on, this was the game we mentioned. Uh, 93 points got it done for Motley Jew over Cosmic Gumbo. I mean, listen, I don't think either team is necessarily uh, happy about the way that their team performed, but Motley Jew is 1-0. and uh, Obviously, they lose Aaron Rodgers in heartbreaking fashion. Um, and they see Kadarius Tony have arguably the worst wide receiver performance of all time. Uh, Next to Sky Moore. Yeah, but like Kadarius Tony like basically scored a touchdown for the other team. Um, but yeah, Jameer, while he only had eight and a half points, he looked really, really good. I'm excited to see what he can do over the course of the season. Um, but again, Aaron Jones had a hamstring injury. He has not practiced again this week. Um, Darren Waller had a little bit of, a, of an injury. Yeah. Uh, what I will say is that Jordan Addison looks like he's the real deal. Uh, Calvin Ridley looked amazing. Um, so Molly Jew has some things to kind of uh, look forward to, but I think they're thrusting Brock Purdy into that starting lineup quicker than they would have liked to. Um, and the, the QB room gets a little bit thinner. Uh, across the board, Cosmic Gumbo... Uh, what can you say? Um, every there were no zero bombs and no like horrible performances. But when your top scorer only gets 15 points mm-hmm. uh, and your quarterbacks combine for 18, um, it's going to be hard to win. There's not a lot of depth on that team. Uh, actually, it's interesting. You look at the potential points. Um, actually, Gumbo was a 95% efficiency. If he got it all right, his maximum output would have been 93 points. So that's a little Dude. discouraging. Um, and uh, they're definitely scratching their head moving into week two. Yeah, I will start with the winners of this. Motley Jew, 93 points might seem low, but again, he has a, a zero from Rodgers who hurt himself four minutes in, and then Kadarius Tony with a point six. So it could have been a lot higher. Let's just start with who didn't start for Motley Jew here, right? Uh, Jerry Judy did not start. He will be back on a limited basis. But now all of a sudden, this wide receiver room, who we were kind of going back and forth with, is it a strength, is it a weakness, has Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, all number ones on their team. Oh, by the way, Jordan Addison looks pretty good and scored in his rookie debut. Uh, that's pretty nice. Yeah, you mentioned Aaron Jones banged up, but he did. Tw- he had 28 points on limited touches, by the way. Uh, ultra efficient. I do think he'll miss this week. However, it just goes to show you, he has not lost a step. Well, he, uh, he, he fucking, because I played you and Bob, he huzzed that like 50 oh yard screen pass. <laughs> and that was like his 12th touch of the game. Yeah. I mean, he was involved early, uh, running game, receiving game. That's kind of his status. I will say this, though. Um, you look at a guy like Dak, you look at a guy like Brock Purdy. First off, Brock Purdy had 17 points last week to Dak six. Um, I do think those guys, though, are going to be, uh, when you relate it to corn. Uh, scoring and, and super flex scoring, not necessarily QB1 scoring, they will be guys who you could just rely on for the 14-15 every single week. I really I really think so. They're not going to blow up like a Trevor Lawrence and Mahomes or a Herbert, and they might. I mean, Brock Purdy had a great game, but I think if you look at Motley Jew's roster, if you just get the 15-14 points from those two guys, everything else will fall in line. Uh, better days ahead for Darren Waller if he's healthy. I think much better days ahead for Jameer Gibbs. We saw his explosiveness. Motley Jew right now, I'll say it. I don't want to get you know high on myself. I don't want to get bullish. He's a dark horse for the playoffs right now. Uh, I really, really think that. And I love what they did in the offseason. We'll see what Jerry Judy does. But I really like what Motley Jew's doing. On the other side, Gumbo, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time here. But one guy over 15 How points. How much that to was talk Derek about, Jim? That was Derrick Henry. Uh, Madison, Miles Sanders were 
good, not great. They need to find the end zone for you to pop. Uh, but if your number one wide receiver is DeAndre Hopkins and he only has 11.5 points, it goes to show you probably not going to get it done. Mike Williams was hurt but then came back but only finished with seven. Alan Lazard was clear the number two, and now all of a sudden the number two quarterback's throwing to him. Kenny Pickett, Geno Smith, better days ahead. But I worry about this team. Greg Dolchis is out for four weeks now. Mark Andrews should be back. But I don't know, just like Shrimp, if you're going to average over 100 points on a weekly basis, unfortunately, Gumbo. Into our final matchup in Palestine. Uh, it was a matchup that we also saw in our other league, Band of Brothers. <clears throat> Deshaun's massage parlor taking on the Phantoms in a rivalry as old as time. And I will quote a message that I received from Mr. Zephantoms. I don't know if this is public knowledge, but I'm going to leak it anyways. That corn may be shot. Um, when you look at the roster, you can understand why he said that. Uh, surprisingly, 37 points from the quarterbacks, um, given their on-field performances. Uh, but then you go down the board, Cam Akers somehow got 10.9 points. He was clearly the backup to Kieran Williams. Uh, Rashad didn't look good. Javante looked solid in, in his comeback game, but still only 8.7 points. Jamar, 8 points. DJ Moore, 4 points. That Bears offense looks terrible. George Pickett's, Pickens, 6.5 points. And Dallas Goddard, 0 for a grand total of 83. Across the board, a solid but not exciting performance from the quarterbacks. Uh, but then you get 24 from Tony P., 43 from Reek. He looks like a world beater. 16 from Big Mike Evans. You know, we talked about the receiver room being able to hold up their end of the deal for DMP, and they yeah. certainly did this week. 136 points. Going to get it done on most weeks, and he was really efficient with how he chose his players. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, last week we talked about it. DMP will rely on his Titans, his big hitters. Uh, it's just a matter of them showing up and showing up consistently. 43.5 points from Tyreek Hill. Uh, that was more than half the points of all of the fandom. So I think that did it, Jim. Uh, and again, you're going to have down weeks like you did from Devontae Adams 11 and down weeks like you did from Jalen Hurts 13. Uh, but those got, I mean, that guy really showed up. Another guy who showed up in limited action was Tony Pollard, 24 points. Just goes to show you how efficient of a running back he is. I think 135 for DMP, that's going to be the norm moving forward, and it's really any guy could pop. He did get a touchdown from Big Mike Evans, picking up where he left off. Uh, maybe some concerns with Rashad Bateman. Maybe some concerns at RB2. Uh, as the Phantoms, I don't want to overreact. It is week one. Uh, Justin Fields and Deshaun Watson both looked good. I like that one-two punch. I'm very worried about this running back room. Only one scored over 10. That was Cam Akers with the garbage town. Garbage time touchdown, and no wide receiver scored over uh, double digits. That will change. Also, I expect very big things from Dallas Goddard. I don't think that zero is indicative of who he is and how that Eagles offense will go. So better days ahead for the Phantoms. But as of right now, probably lean towards Motley Jew as the third best team in that division. All right. That is the week one recap. Uh, is it brought to you by anybody? No, it's not brought to you by anybody. No, I thought I was told that there would be an ad read, but uh, I've been hoodwinked. Uh, Shucked is a 2022 musical with music and lyrics by Brady Clark and Shane McNally. That's all I have. That's all he has. We're going to work on that next time. Shucked. We needed something from your director of marketing. We did not get it, apparently. 
Uh, <laughs> didn't get it in time. Yeah, we we didn't get it. Um, Hot Meals is behind schedule. Producer Pin. Yeah, producer Pin. Uh, we we. You promised me a raise. We, well, we promised Pin. He, he he's on the Joe Burrow plan. Uh, I asked him during the day if he could work on the show notes. And he said, Yeah, sure, no problem. And I said, All right, we'll consider you for a raise. And then he said, Pin me is going to organize a union. Uh, and then he didn't do shit. So it sounds like the union has already been put in place. And then I showed up ten minutes late. But hey, hey, he did show up with the twelve pack though. I did show up. So well he's bad. doing something. That is that is union money. That is uh, the union money. Uh, yeah, they would. They, w- they yeah. got a little bit of overtime sitting on their thumb today in the, in the <laughs> FanDuel offices. Uh, yeah, we will move on. Uh, let's see. Where do we want to start? Let's start at the bottom. We are going to start with a matchup that is going to stay within Palestine. Uh, one team is one and zero. The other team is zero and one, having scored the lowest amount of points in the league this week. Uh, the other one, like we mentioned, a nice 136 points. I'm talking about Deshaun's massage parlor taking a cross-country trip to the shrimp uh, in what looks like it is almost a 40-point spread. Um, I won't go through the whole lineup. That's Gino's job, but I'll just a couple of notable projections Zach Evans, 0.48 points. I don't know if he got a touch. He was a healthy scratch. Oh, yeah, he, he was a healthy scratch. Um, I think he will remain one. Uh, Michael Gallup is projected 3.9 points, but there are reports that Brandon Cooks may miss this week, so he could be an interesting start. Rasheed Rice with a 3.26 projection I think is a little bit disrespectful. He looked good. I think he only ran like 12 routes, but he scored that touchdown. And when you look at the other two ass men that were playing at the receiver position, uh, I don't think it will take much for him to gain the trust of Mahomes. Uh, Across the ball, obviously, uh, DMP is hoping for a stronger performance out of his workhorse QB, Jalen Hurts. And Jimmy G, who had a solid performance with a 12.3 projection, should outscore that. Uh, what I'm going to be watching here from the DMP side of the ball is Zach Charbonnet. Uh, he did not do anything last week. I think he may have gotten a little banged up. Um, but, you know, you're going to have to lean on guys like that. Uh, but obviously, when you have the Reek, um, Devante, Stack, if it's not a Stack, but you know what I mean, um, you're going to get along just fine. Gino, uh, this projection is a little bit out of hand. The spread is a little bit out of hand. What do you think? Is he going to cover that? Uh, covering the 32? Um, no, more than 32. That is a 20. It's like 40. It's 43. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, I'm going to say no. Um, I, I think the 115 projection for DMP is a little bit of a disrespect. Um I think guys like Jalen Hurts are going to have a much better game than he did last week uh, going against a defense that should blitz a little bit more than last year, that Brian Flores uh, defensive-minded led Vikings. They looked relatively good in week one. Granted, they got the loss, put a little bit more pressure on Jalen Hurts, but I think Jalen Hurts is going to go over that 22. Um, Worried about Tony Pollard at the 15 going up against a pretty good Jets defense. The Jimmy G. Devontae Adams connection, I'll tell you this much. A team like the Bills, outside of the New York Giants, who got embarrassed on Sunday night, are probably the most motivated team heading into week two. Uh, They're home in western New York, 
and you have a West Coast team, Vegas, flying all the way to the East Coast. Jimmy G's banged up. Devontae Adams is banged up. Right now, combined, they're projected to score 25, 26. You might say, mm, that's a little low. I don't know because I think this is a, a matchup disaster for the Raiders. They're going to be behind, so that's why I'm going to say that they're going to score more than 25 points. But this one could get ugly quick. I think there's going to be a lot of garbage time. I think Jimmy G and Devontae Adams are at least going to get on the same page. And if you remember, like last year, it was a boom-bust kind of week for Devontae Adams. 25 points, 3 points. 28 points, 6 points. Last year, last week was a moderate 11. I think they do enough. I mean, do enough. They're playing the shrimp. I think Jimmy G and Devontae Adams do enough to get over that 25. Guys that I also am slightly down on this week, I don't know if Tyree Kill is going to slow for 43. I do think he's going to find his way to score anywhere from 18 to 25. Um, Mike Evans, I think this is a big one to watch out for. Was the number one target last week for um, Baker Mayfield? Some might have thought it was Chris Godwin. He goes up against the Bears defense, who got destroyed by the Packers. I think the Buccaneers are going to have a solid game plan. Mike Evans is going to be involved. I'll say he goes over the 13. I'll give DMP 127 points. So you're asking if he covers the 40 points. Like you said before, I'm sorry, Shrimp. I just don't see you cracking 80. Um, Outside of guys like Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson, who will need to show up and show up in a big way tonight, there's not much else I like here. And again, playing from behind, most likely because the Eagles are going to be out in front. You can make the case for Jared Goff going above 15. He looked pretty poised last week, and now he gets to play at home against Seattle. Seattle got destroyed through the air by your Los Angeles Rams. Um, so fine, you have three guys who I think are going to do well. I also think that Michael Gallup's 3.9 is very low considering Brandon Cooks will not be playing. Um, and Zay Jones scored a touchdown last week, so I like him to score more than nine. But, I mean, I, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole. This one's going to be a blowout. This is why we're starting with this one. I will give the shrimp 75 points. I will not give him the cover. Give me Deshaun in a blowout, 128 to 75. Yeah, you have agreement. I mean, it's going to be hard when the shrimp is rolling out this lineup to pick him any week, really. Uh, and I'm I'm wondering if I'm if at, at 0-3 or 0-4 he does embrace the tank and finds a trade partner for Justin Jefferson. Um Whatever the case may be, uh, I do think that the 115 is disrespectful to DMP, and uh, I think he probably approaches the 130 mark. I will say 127 to 78, uh, and I think it's it's not going to be close from the from the flip of the coin. So that is a matchup that I think DMP will not have to check very often. Uh, moving on, another. Palestinian matchup. I think this will be a fun one. Uh, I think there are these are two teams. One is one and zero. One is zero and one. They both have playoff aspirations this year. Um, <coughs> neither had good performances, um, but both teams are upstarts. They've they've done well in the rookie draft. Uh, they've built through traditional means. Uh, we were talking about Motley Jew, and we were talking about the Phantoms. Um, I'll start on the Phantom side of the ball because. Hang on, hang on. Didn't. Oh, sorry. Never mind. I'm sorry. Uh, Pin didn't even take an edible today, and he's still. No, no, no. I, I was going through the week run results, and I'm like, wait, it's the Phantoms. The Phantoms played uh, DMP, but I'm so wrong. Sorry. 
last week. That was last week. Uh, sorry, sorry. So the Phantoms, the Phantoms dealt with uh, an injury or two, and they dealt with a couple players not necessarily having the role that was projected for them going into the season. There was excitement around Cam Akers. There was excitement around Rashad White. Even though his role was good, actually, last week with, with the um, the uh, Buccaneers. Um, I think if you're the Phantoms, well, one, you're obviously hoping for bounce backs from Godair. You're obviously hoping for a bounce back from Jamar. You're hoping for a... I don't, you know, I think we can call him Bustin again. Uh, you're hoping for a bounce back for him. If there's really anything to bounce back from, I think he's just bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but most importantly, you're hoping for guys like Cam Akers. Uh, you're hoping for guys like DJ Moore and George Pickens to to t- do what you thought they were going to do moving into the season. So for me, this is a week where the Phantoms either embraces the tank after it or he says, all right, week one was a fluke. There were a lot of bad performances, um, but we're moving on. Um, on the other side of the ball, Motley Jew, like I said, they won, but they only put up 93 points. And obviously, Dak is not going to be playing in a game that's 40 nothing every week, and he doesn't even really need to do anything. Um, Brock Purdy, it'll be interesting if, to see if he can continue what he did last week. Um, and then, yeah, I'm excited to see what Jameer Gibbs does. I'm excited to see if Jordan Addison gets worked in even more tonight. Um, and then you know, does Calvin Ridley continue? So for me, this is a matchup where you're you're looking at two teams. Are they going in the direction that their week one showed us? Or are they going to regress a little bit back to whatever we think is the mean for them? So, Gino, I'm going to be interested to hear your breakdown and, and who you're going to pick in this one. It's a tough one uh, because without tipping my hand um, – I do think the wrong team is favored. Uh, the Phantoms coming in with a five-point favorite after an 82-point showing, showing a lot of respect for the Phantoms. He might be paying Dynasty Daddy and MFL a little bit on the side just to get those rankings up. However, let's start with the Phantoms. Bustin Fields. Look, we all knew he wasn't a good pocket passer. Uh, he still struggles to process at a very high level and a quick pace. Uh, I don't think Justin Fields is going to be a very good passing quarterback throughout his career, but he will make his money on the ground. Um, I do like him to score 18 points against the Bucs. Uh, they don't have a vaunted defense, but again, that pass rush could get after you. Deshaun Watson, uh, I was reading this stat the other day, and I might be tipping my hand with the fade Geno 5. The Steelers have not lost a home Monday night football game since before I was born at 1991. Deshaun Watson and the Browns will be going to Heinz Field, or the new stadium, and playing the Steelers on week one, who say what you want about the Steelers getting shredded. Their pass rush is pretty good. Don't really love Deshaun Watson. I think he's priced accordingly at the 15. Cam Akers is the RB2 on his own team. Rashad White, uh, don't really trust him after week one. We'll see. 12 points is in his range. Javante Williams still hurt, easing back in. Don't love him this week as well. Uh, I do like Jamar Chase to have a big bounce back. I do like the Bengals to bounce back big. I will go over that 14 points. That's good. DJ Moore, I talked about it with Justin Fields. I just don't know if I could trust him at this stage. 9.61 is fairly accurate. And the two guys who I like going over are the George Pickens and the Dallas Goddards. So all in all to say, I think Zafanda is a much better week than he did in week one. However, will it be enough to beat Motley? Drum roll, please. 
No, it won't. I am taking the road dog, Motley Jew. That's right. Steiny and Schwartzy, the law firm, going to Airmont, beating up on the Phantoms. I like the matchups this week. I think they come out firing in a big way. Look, Romeo Dobbs, I forgot to mention it in the recap, did not start in this lineup last week. Christian Watson's still going to be out. Aaron Jones is still going to be out. He'll take advantage of the Atlanta secondary. Amari Cooper is going to have a... I mean, look, it's correlated. If Deshaun Watson's going to throw in garbage time, Amari Cooper's probably going to get the ball. It was a blowout last week, and it was a big run game situation in the rain, so Amari Cooper wasn't involved. I like Calvin Ridley to stay involved in a game where they're going to have to play catch-up with the Chiefs, and then Jordan Addison, like we talked about with Hawkinson and Jamar Jefferson, will have to play catch-up against the Eagles tonight. Little worried about Pacheco, little worried about Gibbs early in the season. I do think Brock Purdy shows up big again this week against the Rams. And yes, Dak Prescott has a tough task against him in the New York Jets, but he will be asked to do a lot more this week relative to last week. And don't forget about Darren Waller. He will play. He will be involved. Don't have to worry about injuries slipping and sliding on that turf because it's going to be in a dome. Give me Motley Jew, close one, 121 to 117, going on the road, winning outright, and improving to 2-0. Gino's lock of the week. You have disagreement. Ah. I think that uh, I can't trust some of the performances that I saw from guys on the Phantoms this week. I think that guys like Fields, guys like Rashad, even guys like Javante— um, and obviously a guy like Jamar Chase gets right. And, you know, Motley only put up 93 points last week. So, yes, they have the opportunity to go to 2-0. and I don't think it happens. I think these two teams snap back to what their mean is, and I think going into the season we thought the Phantoms had the better roster. I'm sticking with my guns here. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. 108-102. to so Phantoms grinds it out in the trenches and proclaims that the tank is off. Uh, Gino, until October. Until October. <laughs> We're behind schedule here, so I'm going to do less of a roster breakdown on these next couple matchups and just send them right over to you. Uh, we're going to move into our third matchup. We, we, we could finish up in 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But we're, we're pushing up against the kickoff here. I know. Um, our third matchup in Palestine is a... Another one that features a 1-0 team taking on an 0-1 team. We mentioned it. Uh, Boats and Young Ho put up the week high, 155. Very impressive. Uh, while on the other hand, Gumbo, even if he was perfect, would have struggled to break 100. Um, I, I find it hard looking at these two rosters to find the points for Gumbo uh, when he goes up against... Boats and Young Ho, but the projection is only showing us a seven-point spread in favor of Boats. Uh, is this a bit of a trap game? Um, I think it's a trap game in the sense that going on the road and playing Gumbo, who's hungry, 0-1, coming off a loss, it's always tough. Yeah, and his team comes out to the uh, Sopranos theme song. Right. Um, it's also tough when you consider that Boats and Young Ho is without his star running back, Austin Eckler. However, who does he have in his lineup? Saquon Barkley playing Arizona, huge bounce back week. Brees Hall playing Dallas. I still think he should be involved, even though it's a good defense. The biggest key here is going to be Josh Allen pissed off at home. If Josh Allen has another four turnover, three interception game like he did last week on Monday night, 
I am sounding the alarms on this Boats team. However, he's playing a Raiders defense that's traveling all the way to the East Coast. Should be able to exploit him. I also like Jordan Love to take that next step as well, playing in a dome against the Falcons. They look good, but they're exploitable. Um, and then guys like Allen Robinson, I'll say this. Even though he's projected 6.71 points, I don't think that's factoring in that Deontay Johnson is not playing. And, oh, by the way, Gumbo has Kenny Pickett. So I think if Kenny Pickett does well, it also feeds into Allen Robinson. I will say this. Don't think Ayuk's going to score two touchdowns, but a guy like Godwin could surprise you with one. A guy like Evan Ingram could surprise you with one. I think Boats keeps that train going. Maybe not scores 150, but certainly cracks 130. I don't see Gumbo doing that. I think Miles Sanders has a tough matchup. I think Derrick Henry has a tough matchup. I don't really love any of these receivers, including, check notes, Josh Reynolds in the starting lineup. Geno Smith should have a bounce-back game against the Lions. Kenny Pickett should have a bounce-back game. But like I said before, I think 120 is the ceiling where Boats might eclipse 130. I'm going to give Boats 133 to 124. Closer than expected, Boats comes away with a victory. Yeah, you have agreement on the result. Um, I don't think Gumbo gets to that number personally. Um, you know... Obviously, the the eight points or whatever from Geno Smith is is not going to be what it is week to week. But there seems to be issues on that offensive line, and two of the guys are out for for a while. So when you look down, you got Dalvin Cook, clear number two in his backfield. Derrick Henry, a guy who got out snapped by Tajay Spears last week. So I, I find I find it hard to come up with the points here for Gumbo. I obviously don't think Boats puts up 155 every week, but like you said, I think he gets close to 130. I'm going to go 129 to 108. Boats gets it done, obviously covers by 21 points. Moving into Palestine, uh, we have a matchup, another matchup. Uh, the, the, the schedule makers did a good job here um, because we have a lot of teams that are 1-0 going up against 0-1s, hoping to kind of like... See if they can right the ship against a team that is above them in the standings. Um, Evil Stevie, who I think surprised last week and how competitive they kept it against HHC, uh, is traveling to JOS, who, as we mentioned, uh, was finally on the right side of a very close matchup. Um, there's some questions uh, on both of these lineups, but honestly... Uh, you know, when you look at Stevie's team, there were a lot of, you know, talks of the tank is on and, you know, there's there's not enough starting quality, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, it doesn't look terrible when, when you look at it from a dynasty perspective. Shahid looks to be very involved. Uh, if, if you hope that Christian Watson is back in the lineup there, they desperately need a, a, a pass catcher like him. James Cook looked good to me. Tua looked like an MVP candidate. Uh, obviously, he ships he ships off Mr. Unlimited uh, for Desmond. But I think that, like you mentioned earlier in the recap, Stevie is going to keep games very competitive. Uh, and like we said, JOS got it done last week on the back of guys like Michael Pittman, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, so I I'm interested to hear your breakdown here because there are guys on JOS's team right now who I think have good name value, not the best matchups, and not necessarily the best opportunity in their offense. So uh, another one, while it is a 25-point spread, I think Stevie finds a way to cover that. 
Yeah, well, I'll start with Stevie. Uh, right now, he has Christian Watson in the lineup, projected at 12.4. Don't know if he plays. He didn't practice all week. We'll be one to monitor. We won't know until Sunday. I'm going to rule him out. Um, the receivers on Evil Stevie, though, Rashidi, Rashid Hedius. <laughs> Rashidius. Shadius. Shadius. Scored a touchdown last week. Um, seems was like the clear number two, three. Um, two Alabes, one. I still think he stays involved against Carolina, who, by the way, just put J.C. Horn on the IR. I think Rashid stays involved. Elijah Moore, I think, is going to be in, more involved as well. They might be playing garbage time catch-up. And then Nico Collins proved that he was the number one, which kind of was the story all off season. I like his matchup against the Colts. Uh, can't really trust Antonio Gibson. Uh, James Cook, huge bounce back game. I think he finds the end zone and exceeds 13. Tua and Desmond Ritter, let's just say combined for 30 going north of that. And then I talked about the Steelers uh, at nauseum and a few other breaks down. But French Fryermuth, only touchdown last week for the Steelers. I think he stays involved as well. Evil Stevie's going to crack 100 again. I really think that that's going to be a possibility. But JOS, here's the thing. Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, they're playing each other. That's going to be a heavyweight match. I like both those guys to go over. Najee Harris and the Steelers will bounce back well over five points that he put up last week. I think he finds the end zone. Ramondre Stevenson and Ken Walker, both guys who were somewhat involved last week but had disappointing weeks. I think Ramondre's going to be involved out of the backfield, and I think Kenneth Walker does find the end zone. Slightly worried about Terry McLaurin. He might be coming back and easing in off that turf toe. I think he has a better game. Watch out for Jalen Waddle to have the better yeah. game of the two Dolphins because I think last week was a Tyreek show. I think they're going to double him, and I think it's going to be Jalen Waddle. Don't know if t uh, Michael Pittman's going to score 21 like he did last week. I still think he's going to be the number one for A-Rob. I do think JOS gets enough uh, to does enough to get the job done over Evil Stevie. I think that Evil Stevie keeps it close, though. JOS 127, Evil Stevie 116. Yeah, I, I think it's I'm gonna give agreement in terms of the result, but but I'm going to caveat that with don't be surprised if it's another situation where we're heading into Sunday afternoon or Monday night and it's yeah. and it's close. I don't have the game like I can't see the games and when they play. So well, Najee's Monday night. Okay, uh, French Fire moves Monday night. Rashidius is Monday. So night. yeah, there's gonna be they're, 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 yeah, I believe to a Sunday night. There's gonna be some drama. Here. I believe that it will be in question into Monday. Then right. if that is the case, um, I think that the the, the the star power on JOS in Mahomes, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and Jalen Waddell is probably going to be enough to get them over the line. But if any of those guys falter, I do think that there's like a floor here with Stevie's team that people aren't necessarily talking about. So I'm going to pick JOS, but if Stevie makes the upset, don't be shocked. I will say 123 to 106 in favor of JOS. Moving right along, uh, actually, this is a matchup of two 0 and 1 teams. Uh, I am talking about Nadadi Kongju and I am talking about myself, the Iron Dome. Uh, disappointing results for both of these teams for various reasons. Um, I will note, Gino, before I kick it over to you, uh, I did see enough. 
from Anthony Richardson in week one to put him in the lineup over Sam Howell. So I thought that that was going to take a couple weeks, but he looked pretty refined. Uh, and there were plenty of designed runs for him. So I'm hoping for a lot. Uh, what's what's funny is that there is no world where I ever would have started him over Joe Burrow. So, like, there's no conversation there. But I'm obviously hoping for a few more than three points from Joe Burrow. And then on the other side of the ball, obviously, he's looking for more than five points from Daniel Jones. Um, but, you know, do guys like Jamal Williams still have it? Uh, does David Montgomery, even though he looked pretty good last week, does that pendulum start to shift in favor of Jameer? Uh, I'll be interested to hear about your your predictions, but there's there's really serious underperformances last week on both sides of this matchup, and I think those, those players are going to be the difference makers because we kind of saw the baseline from the guys who, well, there are other guys who were expected to do it, but guys hit their mark that were expected to that didn't absolutely shit the bed. Yeah, definitely. Again, I don't want to tip my hand here in the fade Geno 5. I kind of mentioned a little with the Steelers. I think the Bengals are going to have a big bounce-back week, and that does favor Iron Dome because not only do we have one Joe Burrow, but we have two Joe Mixon, who I think both will be involved pretty heavily. Uh, Right now projected to combine for just over 30. I like him to go over that. I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Burrow does that all by himself. Like you said, Anthony Richardson, dynamic, very impressive for a week one debut against a pretty good Jacksonville team. Going up against the Texans, who also looked pretty impressive with a new head coach and a rookie quarterback, but I do like Anthony Richards, Richardson's upside. I'll go north of 15. Travis Etienne and B. John Robinson, uh, look, those guys have some pretty good matchups as well. I think Etienne will be involved the entire game against the Chiefs, both on the ground and through the air. And then Bijan, if Arthur Smith could just give him a little more time, just an ounce more time around the goal line, Bijan Robinson could be a 20-point lock every single week. Because did you see that goal line touchdown? I did. Uh, big guy I want to bring up is C.D.S. Lamb. C.D. did not have to do much last week. It was a blowout. However, he will go up against a good Jets defense. However, C.D.S. Lamb could take note from Stephon Diggs, who torched the Jets. And again, the Jets don't really travel their corners. They play on one side or the other. Mike McCarthy knows that. He'll get C.D. open. I expect a big bounce back game from Tyler Lockett. They will be playing from behind. Amon Ross and Brown, 10 days to rest. He's the number one. And by the way, that Seattle Seahawks defense got absolutely torched by the Rams. I like the Dalton Kincaid start. It kind of shows to me and to the rest of the league that you were weak in that area. However, you were giving your young guy some love. He was involved, just like Musgrave was, just like Laporta was. I really like these rookie tight ends. I think Dome wins in a big statement win after going 0-1. Looking on the other side in the Daddy Kong, I don't want to breeze over it because I want to show him love, but I'm really not high on guys like Josh Jacobs. I don't think David Mon- I, I'm sorry. I don't think Jamal Williams is going to be the type of guy that we think he was in terms of hey, first three weeks no Kamara, he's going to fill the void. Uh, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen need to have big weeks against the Titans. I think they do, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I mentioned the Bengals. T. Higgins is probably going to ha- have a big game. But Debo Samuel and George Kittle, I think when we look at the Daddy Kong Joe every single week, it will come down to those two guys being the deciding factor. Did they combine for 15 or did they combine for 35 points? To me, that's going to be the difference, and I don't see them having big games this week, although the matchup is pretty favorable. I will say Iron Dome. 136 could be the weekly high to Nadaddy Kong's 124. A nice effort from Nadaddy Kong, a nice bounce back, but too little, too late.
Yeah, I'm going to pick myself, as I typically do. Uh, but like you said, I, I think that there is going to be a lot of potential for bounce back and a lot of potential to build on strong performances on my side of the ball. Uh, I will say, and maybe I'm just being optimistic, 140 to 128. I think it's going to be close, uh, and I don't know where I'm going to pull ahead, but uh, I think it may be in the quarterback room. Uh, our matchup of the week, Gino grinning like a fox across from me. It is Snake Eyes taking on HHC, both 1-0. and uh, We noted the trades that HHC made. Uh, I call it a panic job. He calls it a bolstering of, the, of an already strong lineup, in quotes. Um, Snake Eyes put a very respectable 132 points up against me last week um, on, the, on the backs of Chris, uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, DK Metcalf, Garrett Wilson, Hayden Hurst, which I got to believe that Kelsey slots back into this lineup. There's been reports that he is practicing. So uh, Snake Eyes already a seven-point favorite, poised to see that grow if he can get Kelsey in the lineup. Gino, what do you think here, uh, being realistic with both lineups? Look, being realistic, um, I think Snake Eyes is favored for a reason. Um, he has the better team on paper. Uh, he came out very strong last week, and I think Snake Eyes should be favored by the seven points that he is. That being said, you tell me, do you like Kirk Cousins in primetime on the road against Philly? No. Do you like Matt Stafford on the road or at home against the Niners? Nope. So those two right off the bat, I don't love. Uh, yeah, I like James Conner and Damian Pierce's uh, role as the RB1s, but don't know if I trust them unless they find the end zone. I think it's going to come down to C-Mac doing C-Mac things just like he did last week, and I think it's going to come down to th- those three stud receivers. Not high on Garrett Wilson this week because more of Zach Wilson, not because of Garrett Wilson. A.J. Brown's going to show up big. D.K. Metcalf's going to show up big. I think the wild card will be tight end. However... HHC, baby. Turning the page. Lamar Jackson, got to show up. Eight points is not going to get it done. Mr. Unlimited Russell Wilson playing the Washington R-Words. I think he shows up big. I think he gets another game under his belt with Sean Payton. He looked good, not great. I think he takes that next step. Nick Chubb, Gus Edwards, Brian Robinson. If all those guys just manage to get 60 and find the end zone, I think we have a chance. I think the two big players right here are Stephon Diggs and Chris Olave. And watch out for rookie tight end Luke Musgrave, who did show up big, 7.75 points in his rookie debut. But he was uh, a slip away from having a big 50-yard touchdown. I think it's going to be close. It's the game of the week for a reason. I'm trying not to be biased. I think the infusion of talent at quarterback is going to propel me, and I don't think Snake Eyes matchups are that great. Lower scoring than people might expect, 128 to 122. HHC, the home dog, goes to 2 and uh, I mean, listen, I respect you picking yourself. I, I do. Um, I'm going to take— Coming from the guy who picks himself. No, no, I, that's why I respect it. Uh, I am going to go ahead and disagree and take Snake Eyes here. Uh, I just played against him. Um, I do agree with you that the quarterback matchups are not great, but I think that, you know— they're reflected in the projection. Matt sure. Stafford's only projected 14 points. Um, but I think 18 for CMC is low. Uh, I think that A.J. Brown can easily outscore the 14 mark. Um, 
you know, it's going to be interesting. Kelsey, to me, uh, puts him way over the top here. But I'm going to say, Snake Eyes, he doesn't get to the number that he got to last week, 128 to, I'm going to say basically the reverse score, 128 to 121. Pretty close. pretty close, uh, but I don't know that it's going to be close, like, towards the end. I think you're going to kind of make up some some points, and, and it'll be a little bit of a moral victory. I have Alave and Chubb. Uh, both on Monday night, sure. So that could that could really do it. Well, we're getting we're getting buzz jobs from someone trying to come in for Thursday night football. So let's move right into the fade Geno five. Uh, I went one and one. You went zero oh and two. Things just never change. Uh, I'm gonna get right into it. Uh, I'm taking two dogs this week. Actually, uh, my first pick is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars plus three and a half home against the Chiefs. Um, obviously, everyone will say, well, oh, the Chiefs are going to bounce back. Um, but I liked what I saw from the Jags, and I didn't like what I saw from the Chiefs. So a lot of that could have to do with Kelsey not being out there. But I think the three and a half points being given to the Jags at home is a little bit disrespectful, uh, and I'm going to take that field goal. Yeah, I hate it. Um, I, I, I hate a team coming off a 10 days rest. Um, yeah, the Jags look good because they beat up on the Colts on the road in a dome, but... Uh, different element against the Chiefs. My pick of the week, I teased it. I love the Steelers plus two. Have not lost a Monday night home game since 1991. Teams that get embarrassed usually bounce back. They're still playing home. They don't have to travel. This is not the 49ers defense that's coming in. And, oh, by the way, the Browns looked a lot better defensively because they played in the rain. Steelers plus two. They went outright. Give me Geno's lock of the week. My second pick, like I said, another dog, and it is two rookie quarterbacks going up against each other. I'm going to take the Colts plus one and a half against the Texans. I liked what I saw from Anthony Richardson. I thought the Colts actually just as a team played better than probably expected. Uh, And, you know, CJ Stroud, he he struggled um, from what I saw. Uh, I think it's going to be a bad game, like on paper, but... I think the Colts win outright, so I will take the one-and-a-half points that they're giving me there. I just think that they'll they'll be able to keep the ball on the ground a little bit better than the Texans can. Yeah, just when I think you couldn't get any grosser. Um, that is a disgusting pick. That is my stay-away You're game. You're 0-2, guy. Of the week. Uh, I'm taking a divisional game. I don't like doing this. Well, I just took an AFC North divisional game. Let's double down on the AFC North, shall we? We are taking the Cincinnati Bengals minus three. Wow, against I, li- I was looking Bengals. at that. I like it a lot for two reasons. One, teams, again, coming off a bad week one, usually bounce back. Two, the weather played a huge factor in why the Bengals offense is bad. It was not all the Browns' defense. You have to understand that. Now, all of a sudden, they're home. They're playing against the Ravens. The Ravens, by the way, did not look good. Not only did they lose J.K. Dobbins, they also lost Marlon Humphrey. They lost a few other pieces on that team. Don't really think that the Ravens are going to start off 2-0. and uh, going on the road against the Bengals, a tough place to play. I think this one's close. It's minus three for a reason. Usually home field advantage counts for two and a half points. It's going to be close. I say 27-20. Give me the Bengals and watch this offense work. Both T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are going to be involved. Uh, I, I don't hate that one. I, I buzzed somebody in. I don't know if they're hanging outside the door being respectful of the pod going on, but the door is open if you're, if you're out there and you can hear me. Um. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> He's grittying his way in. Uh, it's Mr. Stevie. It's, it's Mr. Stevie. <laughs> With all his draft picks. <laughs> Gino, let's quickly cook up a can't-lose parlay. 
Uh, we lost last week. We ha- we hit two out of three legs. I will, you know, in defending myself, say that the over or the under went twelve and four last week. So I was a little bit up against it, but uh, we will er, try to uh, repent. So Gina, do you have an under that you like here? Because because you hit one last week. Well, I'll start with the money line uh, because I won the under, so I get to pick the money line. Sure. <laughs> it's going to be my survivor pick. Look, it's going to be the New York Giants. It's been a theme of this pod. We like teams that got embarrassed, especially on prime time. They're going on the road against Arizona, who, in my opinion, is probably the worst talented team. They're only minus two ten. Take them in Survivor. We're going to take them here. Do you have an over that you like? Because I have an under that is juicy. If you have an under that you like, I'll, I'm still kind of perusing. Okay. The under that I like, um, some might say, sure, Gino. I'm going to say yes. 47, Buffalo and Las Vegas. You might be thinking, Gino, this is a huge bounce back spot for Buffalo. Oh, it is. It is. It is. I just think it's going to be a huge one-sided affair. Look, if this game is 28 to 10, that's still under by nine points. I think Buffalo wins. I think they win handily. The only thing that scares me is the backdoor over cover of Las Vegas playing catch-up. They did not look good offensively against Denver. They want to run the game and control clock. I think Buffalo shows up in a big way, and I think they get up to an early lead. Give me the under 47. All right. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna take a – I don't know. You tell me if you think it's square, but – No, no, no. You, it's you, bro. I can't. I, can't. I, I, need a, uh, I, I need a bounce back over. Tonelli's showing his tits on the fucking buzzer. Um <laughs> I'm taking over 46 in the Bengals-Ravens game. I think Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to bounce back. uh, And I think Lamar and the Ravens also need to kind of prove that they can play offense as well. So I I think if if the weather's good, fingers crossed, uh, that game uh, has the potential to be a shootout. So I like it. What does that pay, Gino? Oh, give me one second. I think I could probably cook it up right here. Gina Math, I have it right here. That will pay you plus 427. Last week's odds were plus uh, 386. So this is 20 to win 85. Very similar. Last week was uh, 20 to win 83. I'm sorry, it was uh, 20 to win 85 this week. So it's plus 427. Last week was only plus 420. So got a little bit of a bump week over week in terms of EB. All right, that's a pod. Uh, God bless and go get that corn. Enjoy Thursday Night Football. About to kick off in eight minutes. Unlimited.